0: to the Diet Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Berry, a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, master tea tap trainer, and mother of two. I'm joined by my co-host, Victoria Wilkes, a fellow intuitive eater, passionate tea tapper and mother of two. Each week, we want to empower you with new information about the way our bodies and minds work together to bring us into balance when we are well-nourished and well-fed. Victoria and I are not only good friends, but we are also lucky enough to be sisters-in-law. So join us as we discuss topics such as body image, intuitive eating, women's health, pregnancy and postpartum nutrition, the science behind nutrition and exercise, and so much more. Remember our disclaimer, the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the
1: Diet Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Berry, here with my sister-in-law, Victoria Wilkes.
2: How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. It was a little bit of a, today got off to a rough start. We oh went no. on an errand. We, we went out to do some errands. And then as you we were going, like the baby's diaper leaked all over and it leaked all over me. And Oh, no. Uh, my daughter choked really, really badly on her snack. And I was having a low blood sugar crack. I was shaking really badly in the store. So I was like, you know what? We're going to go home. We're going to do a hard reset. So we we just Uh left in the middle of our errands and came home for like three hours (laughs) yeah
1: hey good for you for making that call because I've I've been guilty of trying to push something like that and be like no we're here we might as well do it and then I just regret it so bad I was
2: like on my way to the next stop and then I was like what am I doing why am I doing this I'm just gonna go home I'm gonna put them all to bed everybody's gonna get lunch and then we will come back out and we did and so it it started off kind of like a rough day and then it, it was it was actually good
1: <laughs> that's good that's really good yeah um we had a pretty good pretty good day today I feel like everybody got up really early but it wasn't really that early maybe it's because I stayed up late last night <laughs> oh, I was staying up late recording um I was doing recording more videos but I always do that either in the evening or at nap time so nap time didn't really happen yeah. for one of my kids today so I did it last oh. night yeah. that was the other thing It was just like okay but I did really yeah. well. I'm, tr- I'm trying to deal with interruptions to my plan, which my plan was put the kids, you know, put the kids down for a nap because they were actually going to do a tandem nap. It was going to work. But of course mm-hmm. my daughter wouldn't nap. Um, but I had her in there with books and I've just been trying to be better about change of plan. Like, you know, okay, change of plans. This is not happening. It's not the end of the world. We can still get stuff done. It's not a big deal, you know. So, right. And right. To other areas in life too, I feel like. But <laughs>
0: Okay, well, um, let's
1: talk about uh, anything that we've been eating recently that's been good. How, what have you been enjoying?
2: Oh, goodness. I did not prepare for this. Let me think. What have I been enjoying?
1: And if you don't have anything, I have something. So Okay, I you can, go first. Go. I'm going to think. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been really liking, I don't know if I said this last time, but popsicles. Aldi now has mm-hmm. these different fruits. They're like fruit juice and veggie juice, I guess, because they have, like, a carrot tangerine, and they have a strawberry rhubarb, and they are so good, and they're just the right amount of sweetness because sometimes, Mm. I mean, I'm all about, like, I like things that are, you know, sweet, but sometimes you want something that's not, you know, like a push pop from the grocery store type of sweet. (laughs) You want something that's just kind of mild and fruity but also got a little savory, and that's those pops yes, oh, yeah are Aldi and this is not sponsored by Aldi it's just you know I, <laughs> just- my husband and and of course I think I've said this before on the pod- podcast my husband um runs to Aldi every week after work on Mondays because you know he he works right near where Aldi is so he he rarely sees new things but he saw these and was like I thought you would like these and I'm like yes you were correct 100%
0: thank you <laughs>
1: that's great <laughs>
2: It's fun. It's awesome. I can't really think of anything specific that I've been enjoying. I've just been kind of like, I've been so busy that I've kind of been like, food has been very just, okay, what's available? And I'll like Mm -hmm. eat it really quickly and then go on. Not the best. And I know that that's not the healthiest way you're supposed to like slow down and enjoy your food. But I'm honestly, this is the first time I've ever not had one because I can't think of anything no food is standing out to me, which, you know, that's actually a good thing for me. Yeah. Like, um, and this will kind of tie into what we're going to talk about today, but, um, you know, mentally keeping track of food my whole life. Like it's, it's kind of refreshing to be like, I don't even remember anything standing out today as far as food.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Cause I mean. You know, coming from where we both were, at least where you know
2: obsession played a role, uh,
1: right. that's a good thing. You know, we're just right. think, constantly thinking about it. So yeah,
2: that, is, say, that is
1: actually that's really cool.
2: I'd just say that the dinner we had tonight was amazing. It was the um the chicken salad that your mom makes with the artichoke hearts. Oh yes, I'll link to that. It's a recipe and uh, uh, it's just a recipe online that is delicious, and you sprinkle pecans on top, and then put cheese on top of that, and then you toast it. And it's amazing. So that was really, really good.
1: Nice. That's awesome. I forgot about that. I, I remember eating that. She used to make that a lot um, when I was at home.
2: I need to make it again. It's a good recipe. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, okay. It so, good. so let's get into our topic, which we're going to be talking today about what recovery from restrictive eating looks like for both of us. and We both have different experiences. Obviously we're different people. Everybody's going to have a different experience. So we're just giving you two for you to um, hopefully benefit from and maybe be encouraged by, because we both have different experiences, but we're going to just share, you know, our thoughts on that. And then we'll also, you know, practical, we're going to share, at least I have some practical stuff that would be helpful for you. If you're kind of in one of these stages that we'll mention of uh recovering from restrictive eating. So yeah. Mm. So do you wanna do you wanna go first with some of yours? Since yours are so nicely organized on this <laughs> document. Mine's just like crazy person wrote this. Yeah.
2: Uh, well honestly I was just like I, I don't even know why I put it in bullet points, but I don't usually do that. But um yes, yeah, sure. So um let me actually pull it, pull that up to refresh my memory because my kind of journey started A couple of years ago, three years ago now. Um, and so it started with me actually recognizing that I had a problem because I never did anything extreme. I never had any eating disorder behaviors. I never binged. I never, um, I never purged. I never starved myself. I never skipped a meal. And so I thought that I was fine. And, and my, my story in general is covered on our very first episode called Our Stories, if you're interested in listening to that. But it started with me having to recognize that, yes, I did have a problem. Just because I wasn't engaging in any extreme behaviors didn't mean that I had a healthy relationship with food. And so I always thought that I was, and I'm going to be honest, I, I thought that I had it all figured out. I was like, oh, well all you have to do is watch what you eat. Like, that's all you have to do. I don't diet. I just watch what I eat. But for me, watching what I eat, um, was actually not healthy. It was, um, chronic restriction. It was just, it was keeping mental track of every single thing that I ate every day of my life. Since I can remember, like, I don't know, I don't even know how, how long that is. Mm -hmm. Seven or eight years old. Um, along with really bad body image issues that went up and down in severity over the years of just um, hating the way that I looked and wearing clothes that were too big for me and and thinking body dysmorphia at some points of like thinking I was fat and I was actually skeletal, that kind of thing. Um, So recognizing it, it all started with my milk supply dropping with my daughter and me counting calories for the first time in my life. And realizing that I'd only eaten 1300 calories that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and i and I will use just these two calorie numbers. I hope it doesn't trigger anybody, but I had not eaten very much that day at all. And I thought that, and that was a typical day of eating for me. So that was a wake up call of me to be like, wow, I'm actually not eating enough to sustain myself and, and obviously not to sustain my daughter because my milk supply is gone. Like just drops, you know, whenever I would pump, I'd get drops. Um, and so I kind of jumped in too fast to what I would call recovery. For me, I didn't know the lingo. I didn't know about um, disordered eating. I, all I knew was there are, there's dieting, there's eating disorders, and there's healthy people, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that yeah. I was the healthy person category. So I didn't know any of the lingo. I didn't know any of this. All I knew was, oh my gosh, I don't have any milk. For my daughter I've got to eat more now so mm-hmm. the very next day so the one day I had 1300 calories the very next day I counted calories all day as I ate because I'd never done that before I always just tracked portions um in my mind and for whatever reason calories weren't my thing um and so I ate 2300 calories that next day and it made me really nauseous <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> It was just like way too big of a jump. And the way that I made that jump was by adding fat to everything I ate because, you know, a tablespoon of butter gives you more calories than a tablespoon of coconut flour or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I could, calories uh, fat gives you more calories per gram, I guess, than anything else. And so I was like, okay, I need more calories. So I just added fat to everything I ate that day. And I was so nauseous for a few days. And I, I just muscled through it because I was like, "I'm gonna feed my daughter." By golly, you know she's hungry. I'm gonna feed her. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend a jump like that (laughs) to anybody. Yeah, that was the start of it. Was recognizing that I had a problem, and then once I started eating more, and I started being like, "Why was I eating? Why wasn't I eating enough?" And I just kind Mm -hmm. of started thinking about it. I started talking different people. I started kind of working through it and just kind of uncovering layers mentally. So my recovery process, you know, you hear a lot of things about eating disorder recovery or diet recovery, and it's a lot of physical symptoms because usually the people have been uh, chronic dieting or yo-yo dieting or binging or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so their body is in a lot of trauma for me, it was my mind. So my body didn't really have, I didn't have the, um, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Edema. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I didn't have, uh, the bloating. I didn't have the extreme fatigue. I actually felt a lot better because for the first time in my life I was eating plenty. And so my milk supply came back up. My stress levels went down. I could sleep really easily. Um, just everything improved uh, my as physically. And it was a lot of mental work that went into it. So my recovery was 95% mental. Um, Mm -hmm. Uncovering all the lies. Like, why do I think that it's better to eat less? Why do I think that it's better to weigh less? Why do I think all these different things? Um, So yeah, my, my recovery was not very dramatic in any sense of the word, but it was just, it was recognizing I had a problem and then making a point to eat more for a while. It was not intuitive for me to eat more because my entire life I had downplayed my appetite. So my appetite had adjusted because it knew, okay, we're going to keep saying we're hungry. She's never going to feed us enough. Let's just lower our expectations here. Um, Mm -hmm. I had to count calories or, um, like intentionally eat more and push myself past the feeling of fullness just to eat a a normal amount for, for an average adult, Mm -hmm. those minimum thresholds of like from, from, you know, they say 2000 is good for like adults, but I was nursing. So I was aiming for beyond that. Um, so I had to push myself past that. And then once I got to the point where I was kind of working through my mental stuff and I was used to eating more, then whenever I would every now and then count my calories to see if I was getting enough food, I was always hitting a normal mark. My appetite was correct to my needs. Mm-hmm. So then I just stopped counting calories. I stopped pushing past my whole point and... Ever since then i've just made strides to keep um, to keep going forward with my mental space that's been the biggest thing like and I've had to work on fear foods i've had I've tried to reintroduce different foods that have made me nervous. We have a whole episode on fear foods, so mm-hmm. I've still been working through things, but like I said, it's almost all mental though so that and, and I'm, I'm going to mention really quickly, and I don't want anybody to listen to this and think of it as a weight loss thing because. Most of the time it's not, but I actually lost a lot of weight whenever I started eating more. And I think it's just because my body was so relaxed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was so relaxed and it was the most stress-free time that I've had probably in the past five years because my daughter was at a good point, she was like around a year old. She wasn't getting into everything. I was sleeping well. I was eating well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not an advertisement for weight loss because I'm eating the same amount now and I definitely don't weigh what I weighed back then because yeah. my body's in a different place. I'm way more stressed. I'm dealing with all kinds of other things. Um, so it doesn't matter about that. But I'm just gonna say a lot of times when you hear recovery, you think of weight gain. Actually lost weight, which is just an interesting kind of tidbit
1: nice, yeah, and and that is because I think that people a lot of times expect that it's one or the other, like you know, well, if you start eating intuitively you're going to gain weight, you start eating intuitively, you're going to lose weight, and the fact is, of course everybody's body is different, yeah. so I was going to handle it differently, and it's going to look differently for everybody, so yeah, and I think that's the beauty of it is that you don't have to compare yourself to right. other people like, well, that person lost weight or this person gained weight, you know, and as you're going to hear in a minute, I I gained quite a bit of weight, uh, right. with, with my recovery. And I think that it was because I was much further gone. I was very, 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 very underweight. So I needed to, needed to put on a lot more, um, to make my body feel safe. So right. anyway, yeah. But I think that that's, yeah, that's, and that's very interesting what you said about that it, it being mental and not physical, because isn't that so true like it it really is it's a mind game and it's like a a mental because you're having to you know I think Dr. Caroline Leaf she's not necessarily an intuitive eating advocate person but she has a lot of mindset stuff and she says that you know you basically have to repave these pathways in your brain away from I can't eat I need to restrict my food I'm fat You need to redirect those in a different direction. It takes time to put down the new pavement on the road, the new neural pathway roads in your brain, but it can be done. It really can be done. And of course we don't know exactly how long it will take for you because that's just, that's one of the things you don't know. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I know yours was a lot more, um, you had a lot more of the classic kind of physical. Uh
1: Yes. Oh yes. Um, I actually, so I'm guessing it was in, 2013. It was 2012 or 2013. I can't remember exactly which year, but I know that it took, it took maybe a year or two of my body kind of figuring itself out, but I'm just trying to figure out the beginning point, which I think it was around 2013. Um, but yes, so I essentially gained quite a bit of weight. I want to say, I don't know if we're going to do very many numbers, but This actually might be encouraging people, so I'll just say it. I gained about 60 or 70 pounds. Right. And uh, for me, I'm 5'7". I needed it. I needed it. And that wasn't overnight that I gained that. But it was over, you know, it was over a course of a time. And it was probably over a couple of months that I gained that. Mm -hmm. And I remember that was hard. That was very hard because I had... Remember, I'm the person that I would have rather died or gotten cancer than gain weight. Right. <laughs> so here I am at two or three sizes bigger than I was, which was very difficult mentally. I still remember uh, having this frustration of being like, damned if I do, damned if I don't. Like if I do keep going forward, what, what happens if I gain more weight? What's gonna happen? And I'm just feel uncomfortable right now because I probably have some water retention too. And then it's like, and if I don't wanna continue... What has served me about restricting for the last four years? What has mm. helped me? It's not. That's the reason why I'm here now. So it really was kind of one of those situations where you have to have a clear um, conviction to go forward or you're going to give up and go back to, I'm just, just going to start restricting again. All and right. for me, and as we've talked before on the podcast, my body needed that much to feel safe. I... Needed that. Now I will say that I'm probably right now. Um, so I gained that 70 pounds and I, well, we won't talk about it right now yet. We're going to talk about how I was about 70 pounds more than I was at my lowest point, which was quite low. Like I weighed, like, I think it was like 107 pounds. Just, I oh want people to birth. get this in their, in their brain. Okay. Like I'm five, seven, I weigh 107 pounds, and I was having a lot of people compliment me on how good I looked. By the way, oh boy, I looked—I looked horrible. <laughs> I looked so sick. Um, and so yeah, I just want people to really get this in their brain what that looks like. Okay, I went from being you know that 107 pounds to you know almost—I pro- think it was close to 180. And I was, and it wasn't overnight. Again, it was over the course of a couple weeks, months, but it basically was really a emotional deal because I was, again, I had made that decision. And I realized I basically realized what I was doing to my body. And I realized that if I wanted to be healthy, if I wanted my heart to not uh, malfunction from lack of <laughs> lack of nutrition, if I wanted to have kids one day, I was going to have to figure this out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's when I, and I really wish that I had had more resources back then. It's funny because It was a very intuitive recovery, if that makes sense. I didn't have like the rule book, like, okay, step one, you start eating more. Step two, your body really finds its good point and levels (laughs) out. Like I literally had zero. I had no idea, but I just had this conviction that I had to stop being so focused on food and so focused on exercise. And if I didn't have to gain weight to do it, then I was, I had to, like, that was part of the process, if that makes sense. So, uh, and I actually remember going to, and it, it was physically a little bit uncomfortable. Obviously I had been much smaller and I, you know, felt like I quote unquote ballooned up. And of course I was self-conscious and I didn't help me when I went to the doctor for like a checkup. Because again, remember my period, if you listen to my other, you know, my story podcast episode, my period was gone, right. but I had it back at this point. It actually came back a couple of months after I started eating properly, which was very cool. But I went to the doctor um, just for like women's health checkup, checkup, I guess, just one of those things that my mom was like, you should probably go. So I went and, um, you know, stepped on the scale. And the doctor was like, well, you have gained quite a bit of weight since the last time you were in here. You might want to consider losing some weight. Oh, my word. (laughs) Can you believe that? And I just sat there. And again, this is Margaret, before Margaret knew that she could speak up, I was just sat there and just didn't say anything. I was just like, in my head, I remember thinking, are you really that dumb? Do you <laughs> not understand what I have been through? Like, do you not get it? Apparently not. Like they were saying that, well, you know, um, you, you know it, it probably will help if you lose some weight. Because, again, they had a record of me going in there when I was 107 pounds at five foot seven. So then they see me come in and I'm like, you know, 170, 180 pounds. Um, And they're like, uh, yeah, you need to lose some weight. Um, No, that's not the problem. I need some mental health here. But, of course, they didn't say anything about that. Nothing. Zero. But I know that that's what my body needed to feel better because that was my highest point. And then from there, it's like my body was figuring out. That it was safe
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was okay to, cause you know, your body tends to gain like that when it has not felt safe for a very long time. And this is its way of, um, it's kind of like if you are, you know, at the store and you have a little kid who's never, um, had this certain kind of candy before and they go over it and they grab it with their hands and they just like grab them all up, like, and like 10 packages and like hold them in their hands and like hold them tight. Like you're holding it tight that's what your body kind of the mental image I have when you get off of being restrictive and your body just is like all the nutrition we have, we need to get it right now. She's eating, put it on, put it on. We've got to keep ourselves safe. That's just, it's, it's instinct. That's what it does. So I remember being at that higher point and it was uncomfortable, as I said before. And I was going to say here as well, um, if you need to buy a size of clothes, that is higher than you used to wear before you were recovering and you have the financial ability to do that, please do it. It will help you so much to feel like you have clothes to wear that are, you know, functional and they, you feel like they fit you well and they're not cutting into your stomach. I'm not one of those people that's like, yeah, wear the clothes that you used to wear? And whenever you feel it cutting you in your stomach, remind you that you need... no, don't do that. <laughs> please don't. This is your permission slip to go out And also this is your permission slip to wear leggings under, especially under dresses. That's, that was like, honestly still right now that's like one of my uniforms is dress with leggings. It is so comfortable. It, you can, you know, um, if you have any kind of weight fluctuation, it will still fit you. So please don't force yourself to fit into, you know, a tiny size that you used to wear. Like I had this one pair of jeans that, I felt bad that I couldn't wear anymore because they were back when I was, you know, a a beanpole and I threw them out (laughs) because I was like, I'm I'm really not going to be back there and I never want to go back there again. So uh, anyway, this probably sounds like I'm kind of rambling here, but basically, um, yeah, it it really was uncomfortable. And I had to kind of, whenever I would start to feel uncomfortable, I would go back in my mind to thinking about why am I doing this? right? And my why was I'm not doing this so I can lose weight. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. I'm doing this so I can have a healthy cycle. I want to have kids one day. I want to be healthy. I don't want to have heart problems. I want to support my body. It's not about weight loss. It's about being actually healthy. because what I was doing before was not healthy. So I would come back to that. I would center and go, okay, why am I doing this? And how am I doing this? And what I was doing, of course, was just being intuitive. I was having to work through a lot of the fear foods. I was having to let myself eat things, and not be afraid of it and not, um, you know, let that send me into a tailspin to eat a cookie or something. Right. So, cause I had, you know, previously been an extremely healthy eater who was eating probably zero sugar, but then I would binge on sugar if I actually got any. So it really didn't, This it didn't really add up. Like I, I probably, people would have thought I was a very healthy eater, but I really was, I
2: really was not, um, because I was so, so imbalanced. Well, and you know, people think, people think, and that's, it's so true. And I'm so sad and sorry that that happened to you where people see you at a higher weight and they immediately think unhealthy immediately like mm-hmm. the doctors think oh danger danger she's gaining weight or yeah. and then of course it is and it's really not their fault it's really not the people's fault because they do they all grew up in the same culture that we did yeah where that's just been hammered into our heads from the time we were itty bitty I mean every ad on tv every magazine article like everything's mm-hmm. all about shrink 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 no weight no fat fat bad you know weight bad that kind of thing and yeah. so It's, it's true that people do really judge you based on your looks and kind of automatically. And, and it's, it takes real effort not to do that, but same thing with like, um, you know, people probably looked at you whenever you were eating the zero sugar and like, oh, she's so healthy. Yes. Oh, yes. tell you can't tell from the outside. You can't.
1: I was absolute skinny, skinny. And also ironically being told that I look great. Right. Margaret looks great. Meanwhile, I was like, yeah, I'm dying inside, but I look great. You look great. Like, so uh, yeah. And and honestly, the people who, and I was going to touch on this real quick while we're talking about being at high, we're still talking about how dealing, dealing with the weight gain, how I've dealt, dealt with the weight gain part of it, because you, my body needed that. And sometimes your body will need it, especially if you've been underweight. So talking about people making comments. So I had people who would subtly kind of, well, Margaret's really gaining some weight, you know, like kind of in passing type of stuff like that. And I was just focused on my goal of getting, <laughs> getting into a good space because I was so tired. I think I was, I had to be at that right point of being so tired of what I was doing to myself that I really didn't, I honestly didn't care as much if I had, as I had before. But yes, so the people who probably, probably the people who were saying that you look good when you were, you know, almost, you know, skin and bones are also the ones that are going to give you a hard time when you start gaining some weight. Right. And, you know, you, you, (laughs) that's the hardest part, you know, and, and really sometimes people are not open. I, I like to put people in categories of there are people that you will that will bring up your weight gain or be talking about your weight gain to you, and they will be the type of people who have an open mind. And then maybe, yeah, you can suggest some books to read, tell them to read Anti Diet by Christy Harrison, um, you know, hey. stuff like that. Sometimes those people will be open. And then you know, that there's going to be Uncle Chad who really <laughs> has no clue um, who is. And I actually was told earlier this week that the male form of a Karen is a Chad. <laughs> so Chad, uncle Chad. So if uncle Chad is like, Oh, you really made some right there, honey. You know, you can just be like, well, um, that's really, I'm sorry, but that's really none of your business. Like it's none of your business and you can give, you know, have a brief little elevator speech. Well, I actually was, you know, and you can be honest, honestly, sometimes honesty shocks people. Like right. I would, I would say, you know, well, I actually had been starving myself quite a bit and this is part of the recovery process. So I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't uh, comment about my weight because it's really, it's difficult right now. And then kind of explain, imagine if you'd had people applaud you when you're at this low weight and then you gain some weight to actually not be, you know, anorexic. Right.
2: How would
1: you feel like, you know, so I don't know It this, that's just something, you know, sometimes people are open to talk about it and some people want to just be belligerent and just don't care and they want to be antagonistic and you have to set boundaries with those people. You have to be like, you right. know, I'm sorry, this is not this like with anything else, you have to said, Brown she's like, where this is not something that I want to talk about, and then you can leave it at that. you don't you can walk away, you don't have to right. um so but yes, I always remembered that you know I could always go back to what I was doing before, but it had given me no reward i i right. there was no benefit there, so I was just you know like i I could go back to restricting, but it really didn't get me very far so right um and something else with the weight gain too, just dealing with that is that, um, you know, obviously it is necessary. It's vitally necessary in order to heal your metabolism, rebalance your hormones, and then get your body out of that starvation mode. But, um, and the quicker that you actually do commit and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, uh, you know, work on healing my metabolism. Uh, you know, I am, I am not what I look like. Um, the quicker you'll be able to, get out of that extreme hunger place. Cause I did have a lot of extreme hunger. I had a lot of just very, 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 very hungry, which is very normal if you've been restricting for a very long time. Right. But um, yeah, you just have to commit. You have to know your reasons. And when you're in those weak times, you can just remind yourself of those reasons. And here's the other thing. You can always go back. I'm not recommending it, but I'm just saying in your mind that you can always be like, well, well, if you want to go back that way you can go back that way it's not i can almost guarantee you that it's not going to serve you very well but for some reason i don't know people tend to have it in their brain like they they're stuck in this and they can't get out sure you're free to do whatever you want you can go on and go back to restricting but i i can just tell you that it really doesn't pay it really doesn't pay from a metabolic standpoint from a mental health standpoint, it really doesn't pay. So for some reason, for me in my brain, having that in my mind of being like, you know what, I could go back to that if I wanted to, but I'm choosing not to, instead of going, I can't go back ever to be restrictive. You can say I'm choosing not to, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like, I am am choosing not to, that's an option,
2: but I'm choosing not to. Because then so, it puts the power, it puts your power in your hands of like, I'm choosing this instead of just being pushed around because yes, let's, yes. let's be honest, the, uh, why would you not recover? Why right. would you ever as a human, if weight, if weight was not involved, if looks were not involved, why would you ever restrict yourself to the point where you're sick and you're ev- yeah. losing fertility and you're dizzy and you're obsessive? Like, why would you, how, and in, in what world is that healthy? Right. Only in our world where if you look good, then you're healthy, right? Right. So so the weight gain is a big, let's be honest, it is the only reason why you wouldn't go through recovery. Yes. Because why you wouldn't. It's the hardest part,
1: honestly, for a lot of us. Yes.
2: Why would you not recover from an eating disorder or just disordered eating or chronic dieting or chronic restriction like me? Yeah. The only reason would be the fear of weight gain. And so really yes. counting in on that and, and reminding yourself that there's nothing wrong with it. That's what, I mean, yes. that has helped me the most is just to, to remind myself, this is normal. This is normal. Yep. It's it, okay. I, I'm not in recovery right now, but I'm postpartum and I still am, am quite a bit squishier than I was last time. And it's like, I just have to remind myself, this is normal. This is healthy. I'm fine. Like there's yeah. no problem here. There's yes. no emergency. There's no because because the the tendency is whenever the weight starts to go up, the panic starts to go up. Whether mm-hmm. it's in your own heart or whether it's in your, um, I don't know, grandma or your doctor or maybe even your spouse or whatever. Right. The fear starts to go up as the weight goes up typically. Yeah. But yeah. Exactly. That, but it like you said, it's so important. It's like you're, you have to let your body hold on to that weight. And, and, and from what I understand, I don't have any personal experience with this, like I said, but from what I understand from other people, other people's stories, if you do choose, you know, you do kind of cave and you're like, oh, I can't stand this. I'm going to go back to restricting just a little bit, just a little while, just to get the weight a little bit back down. You're actually extending your recovery time. Yeah. Because your body is going to be like, Oh, I knew it. Dang it. We're, we're starved again. And so the next time that you set your mind to go through recovery, your body's going to continue to hang on to that weight. The, honestly, you shouldn't be worrying about weight gain during recovery. You should be worrying about true health, but You're just extending the time that you're going to have that higher weight if you keep trying to control it. Like, once you let go of the control, it's kind of counterintuitive. But once you let go of that control and you just say, I don't care, like, I don't care. I just want Mm -hmm. to be normal and have a good relationship with food or
1: whatever, your body
2: will get comfortable again, you know, if you don't keep scaring it.
1: Exactly. It's it's like, you're going to prolong it. And that's so hard for people because I know I've been to that point where you're like, okay, what's, what's going on? Like, you know, when is this going, when is my body going to normalize and figure out, you know, and we'll talk about this more in depth at some point too, like the set point or set range, where, where is it going to be? Because, you know, that's something that I really struggled with and you know, what, where is it going to be? And just dealing with all the weight gain too. So um, but definitely, um, you know, especially if you, uh, if you are religious or you have a faith journey, uh, finding your value and remembering that you value outside of your physical body and yeah. your weight and your external appearance, um, that, that was a big part of my story was realizing that I didn't need to, uh, look perfect to please these other people because I think that's what I had been doing a lot of because the smaller I if if I got smaller then people might not see me and they might not critique me as much so if I just kept getting smaller then I would be less noticeable and people just wouldn't bother me and Mm -hmm. no one would have to be like wow you're really pretty or wow you're really ugly people just (laughs) wouldn't people just wouldn't pay attention to me and I just didn't want people to pay attention to me because it was just I was just awkward so um but yeah but but that can really be a big part of it cuz my faith really you know helped pull me out of that and realize it's not like my if my value is on how i look
2: right. then
1: i just gained my i i just was at a very thin weight and i gained 70 pounds right and what does that mean okay well you know that would have destroyed my you know self worth based on my appearance because it's really not it's. And, you know, if you follow people online, and, you know, that make you feel, um, uh, self-conscious or you, they're always posting pictures of their six pack abs on their page. Um, which I don't do. Uh, I have a policy, like a no, no, like midriff, because I don't know if anybody wants to see that anyway, but you know, <laughs> like I, I'm not, you know, If you follow fitness people, even if you follow me and it's triggering to follow me, just don't unfollow, clean out the people that make you triggered. Because even if I make you triggered online, you know, if if you're in that sensitive phase, really, it's worth it. I unfollowed so many people and I stopped listening to or watching so many shows. I used to watch the biggest loser um, TV show when I was like really at my worst uh, Uh of my eating disorder. And I I had to quit it because it was so triggering. Yeah, so triggering. Oh, my for gosh.
2: Sure.
1: So I, I had to cut out that. And you know, um, and also, I don't know, this just randomly popped in my head. So I don't know if you guys have ever read there was a, um, a girl who did a experiment where she didn't look in the mirror for like, a long time, like maybe a year. She literally didn't look in the mirror. And it she was just doing it as an experiment. And what she noticed is that she was much happier. She hmm. was less stressed because she was not focusing every minute or, you know, checking herself out in the mirror, making sure she looked good in this outfit, make sure she didn't have mascara on, on the wrong way. You know, she just had that experience where she just was not focusing on her looks at all. Now that's extreme, but I just think that that's an interesting concept and it might be online and you can Google it. Um, I don't even remember This might've been years ago. I think this was right around the time when I was recovering and that was really inspiring because I was like, You know, and she wasn't not looking at herself because she didn't like herself, but she just was, you know, having body image struggles and thought, what if I just didn't, you know, look in the mirror all the time? Because if you think about it, like think about before mirrors were invented, just for a second, talking about mirrors. Think about (laughs) before they were invented. You might catch sight of yourself if you're out there fishing in the stream you know, in, in medieval Scotland, you might like catch a little look of yourself and be like, oh, wow, I have a piece of, you know, food on my face. But they, they didn't have mirrors as, you know, clear as as we have now. It's it's kind of a new-ish thing. I mean, it's not super new. But you know what I mean? Like, for yeah. everybody to have 10 mirrors in their house, I bet you if you go through and count how many mirror surfaces you have in your house, you'd be surprised. Because that, you know, that can sometimes, um, you know, a lot of the folks like me who are recovering from that would check themselves in the mirror a lot and be like, do I look fat? Do I not? So I just think that's interesting. So, you know, try, you know, don't, don't feel like you got to, I don't know, just try to not look in the mirror as much. Um, I don't know if that would be helpful, but that's something that just pops in my mind. Cause I remember that was me kind of encouraging. So real quick, I want to also talk about, so I've spent a lot of time talking about what it was like to be at my highest weight. So what happened when my body actually started to, figure out its set range. Cause uh-huh. I personally believe there's a range that your body will be at where you do not have to stress about food, over-exercise, worry about all these things that we worry about, then you'll stay in a range. And right. it's, it's just where your body is happiest and it's uniquely determined to every, everybody's body. And, and your, your set weight point is a point where your body will feel most comfortable, healthy and stable and that is in accordance with your own genetic makeup. So my set point might be lower than yours. Your set point might be lower than mine. Someone else's set point might be higher than mine, but it's their, it's their body's happy place. And, and if you force it to go too low, then, you know, it will, it will be trying to bring you back up. And if you, if, if you, um, you know, some ladies will have where like me, where you've been cutting back for so long and then you gain because your body needs to feel safe. And then it will come back to that point. It's uniquely determined to everybody. So, you know, and that's, that's why no matter how much, because I know people, I've seen people, I've worked with people where they will diet, they will cleanse, they will fast, they will restrict and they'll lose weight. But then once they go off of it or go off of their plan, then they gain it back. And often they gain some more back. So every time that they try to go further back, their body kind of pushes back and is like, uh-uh, we're coming back to that range. That's our happy place. Right. Your, Your body, you're basically fighting your physiology. Is what I'm trying to say. Now, for me, it was about maybe, I guess it was maybe a year or two that my body, I I would say it's probably about a year. And I read online um, some of the research I did that uh, they say it's, you know, an average, sometimes it's three months that it takes your body to start to normalize. And then it says, you know, that's rare. But also, if you pull it out really far, sometimes it could take a couple of years. And that's also rare for it to take a really long time for your body to figure out. Where it is needing to be. So for me, I actually, the size I am now, and I don't, I haven't weighed in a long time, but I can tell you with how my clothes are fitting and how I feel, this is my range. And I've been at this range. So once I came out of recovery, which was, I would say, probably when my husband and I got married shortly before that was maybe, eh, maybe 2015. Yeah, maybe 2015. I think 2014 was when I really started to recover. And then 2015 was when I kind of started to get into this little range where I would notice that I was about I, I wasn't having to like my clothes felt like they fit good. I didn't feel as bloated. I felt like that I uh was not as retaining as much water. And I got to I, I have had this range personally that I am in. Obviously if you're not pregnant, you know, that, that throws <laughs> that throws things up. But I, I it's like my body gets to this spot and it's you know, probably 10 or 15, 10, maybe 10 pounds above or below this point. And I've noticed that's where I stay. And again, I have, I don't weigh, but I'm just saying with how my clothes fit. And I've right. been at this weight that I am right now besides pregnancy, but by the way, coming back to that eventually at different, different, different right. time, you know, for each pregnancy, it's been different of the two that I've had since about 2015. I right. have been, and that's what five years so mm-hmm. it's really kind of cool looking back because I just threw myself into the recovery. I was like, I am going to not let this ruin my life. I'm I'm trading all of this obsession for the freedom to not have to focus on food and exercise and stressing out about it every second of my life because it's just too I it's life's too short. I'm not doing that. And then yeah, and my body did. It got to where it is. Now, which is just, that's just my body's weight that I'm at. And I will go to fluctuate up and down a little bit, but I can tell you if I wanted to, you know, you could starve yourself further down or you could, you know, you know, make your body gain weight if you really tried, but it's always going to be fighting to stay at that range and the range will differ for you as well. So, you know, obviously I'm sharing my personal experience, but I hope that it's encouraging for those of you who maybe think, well, it's too late for me. Or you know, I'm not sure if this is going to work for me. Well, it, it it can. I know many people who it has worked for, and including much extreme, more extreme situations than me. There's been a lot of ladies that I know who um, I've met online who they have had much more you know challenging or different recovery than me. But yeah, but it's basically you know everybody is different. Some are curvier, some are skinnier, some are bulkier, some are leaner, and You know, everybody is different. And some people will want to do intuitive eating because they think it's going to make them lose weight. And that's not always the case. It's not always. Sometimes you'll lose it. Sometimes you'll gain. But it's your body figuring out that happy point that you cannot have to obsess about everything. It's basically getting to that uh, freedom
2: point of that. Yeah. So We'll have to do a whole episode on the set weight point because it's so interesting how – I always used to think growing up that, um, that I had, that the only way that my weight was fairly steady, you know, in a certain range was through my restriction, mm-hmm. but I haven't restricted food in three years. Yeah. And I'm, I stay within, like you said, around there's, there's like a, there's like a middle point for me, mm-hmm. I will not do numbers, but it's like a middle point for me. And then about 10 pounds above or below. Yeah, and it's exactly been like that for for the past three years like aside from pregnancy like you said yeah, yeah yeah and and sometimes depending on like whenever I was at my most relaxed time of my adult life like yeah. I said it was it went down lower and mm-hmm. then right now it's I'm at my highest of my range but yeah. I know that I know that it's okay and that and and I've and and I know exactly what you mean about the option of restricting. Cause I've thought before, mm-hmm. like what if I decided to just cut back on carbs, you know, nothing right. just, just, nothing just crazy. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Yeah. I know that my mind would be so affected and that I would be thinking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, is it worth it? Heck no. Mm-hmm. Like I'm never going back to that again because I just don't, you like it. It's just miserable. Like, like why would you ever choose to be obsessive and having to count everything and think about everything? Like it is so worth it to, it's so worth it to recover, whether it's for me, like mentally recovering from chronic restriction and like determining to change my mindset around food and determining to be okay with food, and to go to, and and it takes a while. I've been working on this actively for three years, and um, Margaret, uh, little son, had a birthday party on Sunday, and Mm -hmm. that was the first birthday party that I've been able to go to, and be completely relaxed around cake, and I was like, (laughs) yes. That's awesome. Yay, because up until then, and I, and it's okay if you still have those, like, The fears don't mean that you're going backward or that you're falling off the wagon. It just means, okay, this is so ingrained. Again, it's like the neural pathway in your brain. This is so ingrained in my brain to be obsessive about cake. I don't know what it was about birthday cake and celebrations. And so for the past three years, I've been very intentional that when I started to feel panicky, I'd be like, it's okay. I'll go. I want another piece. I'll go get another piece. Yep. not going to stress about it. But this was the first time that, like, it wasn't even an issue. It wasn't a struggle. See, that's great. It's, it was such a victory. And, you know, I've had those slowly more and more. And it's been three years for me, um, which seems like a long time. It seems like, oh, am I ever going to be able to stop caring about sugar? Or am I ever going to stop being afraid of gluten? Or am I ever going to stop being um, mentally counting up uh mm-hmm portions or whatever and it does work like it's kind of it's almost like the physical like the weight gain like once your brain is kind of retrained your brain Mm -hmm. will relax like once your body is well fed your body will relax and you can just get to a point where it's less and less and less of a struggle it's less exactly
1: because I was messed up yeah I was I was very I mean my brain, I had all kinds of weird things that I believed about food that were not true. And that if I literally ate something that I wasn't supposed to, I was literally going to gain weight overnight. And imagine to my surprise when I actually started eating stuff, you know, obviously I did gain weight initially, but um, once my body started normalizing and, and being like in a more calm, relaxed state, because think about it. i had my body in a complete cortisol stress out of my brain self-inflicted, including all the other life stress that I had going on for years and years and years and years. So I'm saying like probably at least five, probably at least five years. Yeah. Four or five years of hardcore, um, super restrictive. Um, so sure. I was, I was, you know, I had to really rethink and and reorient myself because I was really, you know, my brain was really, really ingrained. And I had to really step back and, uh, you know, listen, listen to podcasts that helped me get my brain in the right place. And yeah, I don't even remember where I was and, really going
2: with that. Well, I actually, it made me think of something that sometimes when you're recovering, sometimes things that will seem really helpful at first may not be helpful later on. And kind of like you said, you go through times mm-hmm. where you're super sensitive to everything. So I'm, and I'm just going to mention it because for a long time. The Well-Fed Women podcast helped me so much. And then mm-hmm. I got to a point where it started triggering me, which, where I, yeah. I needed to go to be more free than they were being They kind of They kind of stick to paleo and they stick to healthy foods and, you know, don't eat white potatoes and that kind of thing. And that, and it was starting, I noticed that I would start to get panicky around food every time I listened mm-hmm. to the podcast. So I just stopped listening to it.
0: Yeah, I haven't, exactly I
2: haven't listened to it in quite a while and I'm not saying that they're not helpful or that they are part of diet culture or whatever like they're they're yeah, really yeah. helpful but no matter what it is sometimes things will be really helpful and sometimes you're like why is it this helping me like this particular book or podcast or you know fitness trainers account or whatever like man they they used to really encourage me and now I'm starting to feel panicky just don't even worry about it just just just, mm-hmm. just unfollow them and go listen. Do to what them. you need to do. Listen to what an audio book. Go read a Stephen King book. Go do something that's not about food. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> yes, time. yes. Oh, yeah, exactly. Just you got to protect that space. And then you'll get to a place where, like, right now, it's it, I can say that it's fairly rare for me to get triggered. But there are times when I will have something... You know, or I'm having a bad body image day or I'm editing one of my videos and I'm sitting there going, gosh, I look terrible right there. Am I going to really put this video up? Like I look terrible in that, like that freeze frame right there looks horrible. And then I'll be like, nope, you know what? People get it. And if they don't get it, then they don't need to be false because right. I'm an actual person and I'm not Photoshop. So I'm going to leave that in there, you know? Right. So it, it's, I have to, you know, that's honestly, that's the time. Cause you know, I have to look at myself when I'm editing the videos and it's, it's like, okay. so I have to really, yeah, I I'm still practicing that, but I can say that you can get to a point where you become yes. less and less bothered by, yeah. um, bothered by that because you just, you're starting to really retrain your brain to yeah. um, think in that direction, which is encouraging because yeah. And you know, if someone's listening they think, oh, you know, it's well, I, when is it ever going to end for me? And it's like, well, it can take some time, but you know, definitely be all in, try to be all in and arm yourselves with the resources that you need to, you know, when you start to waver or you start to realize it, think, oh, is this really worth it? Or you realize that, you're still thinking these patterns, you know, just arm yourselves with, um, the resources. Like I said, there's lots of podcasters, even a lot of stuff online nowadays, because there was not a lot back when, right. and that was, you know, six, seven years ago for me, there really wasn't a lot. Nobody was really talking about this. Like right. no one was a big voice, um, discussing it or even discussing eating disorders. It was very hush hush. You know? right. we wouldn't really talk about that. Like we knew all the celebrities had it, but right. we wouldn't really talk about it. Right. So,
2: yeah, there's lots yeah. of resources, and sometimes I would find to be really helpful, like I said, just to read a book that's completely different or to watch a movie or something mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with. yes, like sometimes it's really helpful to read an you know anti diet by Christy Harrison or well-fed women podcast or follow Margaret yeah. channel or Instagram or whatever. And then sometimes even just thinking about food just sends you down the wrong track and just go do something else. Go walk outside, go garden, go do something. Um, learn to knit. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's like sometimes that sometimes you don't need, like, for example, when I was uh, like preparing to have my son, I was all things birth all the time. It was like, birth channel all the time like in my brain. Like I was like thinking about this and thinking about that and how are we gonna set up the birth pool and all this stuff. I would you know I was just thinking birth, 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 birth. And then it got to a point where I had learned what I need to learn and there was a lot of noise and and, and you know continuing, oh, learn the new secrets and da-da-da. And I was just like, you know what? I know what I need to know by like right now I can tell. I know what I need to know. I don't need to continue to clog my brain with this right now. Let's go uh go for a walk and uh, watch a movie about something random. That's not related to birth. You know right. what I'm saying? So you can get to that point where you're like, okay, I've got what I need to know for now. And any more knowledge is just going to be too much noise. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so that definitely happened with me with the birth and, and that's the same thing. You're kind of, you know, gathering your knowledge and yeah, that can totally happen. So do something, you know, switch and do something different. Um, once you've kind of got that base baseline of information that can right. be helpful. So,
2: yeah, well, do you have um anything else to add? No, but just reach out to us as always if you have any any questions or if you need encouragement um from some yeah. real people, um, not just listening to us on a podcast. Be feel free to reach out on Instagram or our our, our website. We'd be happy to encourage you or help. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. You know hmm
1: Yep. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, y'all, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye. Bye
0: for more great content check us out on instagram we're at instagram.com forward slash diet detox we'll see you next time